Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of Blueprint to Canton. This is Nelly at a Nelly Ticks on Twitter. I still don't remember my Discord name, but I'm out there. Uh, with me today is Luke Probasco uh, at Probasco Luke. How are you doing, Luke? I'm doing. I'm doing all right. I mean, I've had some some better nights. Uh, quite quite the night here at the the Probasco household. So, um, yeah, a whirlwind of a uh, a night tonight. But now we're talking football, right? So, like, this, yeah, is, this yeah. is your getaway. Yeah, this is my getaway. Um, and talk about a whirlwind of a night. You got the trade deadline coming up. You got people uh, in leagues trying to make moves. College for NFL, NFL for college, you know, this and that. Uh, there, there's a lot of stuff to break down. And I actually have something that came up. I'm like, you know, hey, maybe Nelly's the guy to, to ask about this, especially after coming off uh, your last week's podcast on, you know, hey, kind of pick a side. Well, hey, I'm competing on both sides this year. And yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not sure what to do. Yeah, so that's exactly you. You led right into it. So Luke, Luke had a question about a trade that uh, had to do with competing on both sides. And I know that's something I talk about a lot here. Something I try and push for often is to try and compete on both sides at the same time, because I think it's more doable than people realize. And, and you've pulled it off here pretty well. Your NFL team is in first right now with the most points scored. Your, your college team is in third right now, but also with the most points scored. That's correct, right? Yep. That's correct. Uh, NFL side, it's probably like 300 points to second place. Um, and then on the NCAA side, it's, I think it's like 200 in like 20 or so to second place. So pretty much like a, a full game uh, lead essentially in points. Yeah. So this is, this is a true like powerhouse program, right? The college side is stacked. The NFL side is stacked. And that's the ultimate goal when you're playing in a C2C league is to do that. Um, especially something that I've talked about in previous episodes is like, Building around your NFL side, I think, is so important because it's so much harder to rebuild your NFL side than your college side. But you've, you've done both here really, really well. Um, but we're going to talk the specific trade here, and then we're going to talk macro theory based on the trade. So we're going to break some rules here. We're going to name some names, but uh, I've run the podcast, so I get to I get to break the rules that I've made. So, all right, Luke, Luke tell us what the, the trade offer is that's on the table. All right. I send Jamari Thrash. So again, this is a one PPR league. Uh, three start three quarterbacks, start two running backs, start three wide receivers, start five flex and one tight end. Not tight end premium. Premium six point passing touchdown. Just everyone listening, just to get an idea. But yeah, so I send Jamari Thrash, and I uh, send Cam Ward to the first place team in the, in the, in the league. And in return, I get Alvin Kamara back slam dunk. That, I mean, you got to do that. I mean, that just doesn't make sense to not do that. Like if you're going to give Kamara away for that, like why not? But then it's yeah, like, so I Hey, think... I, c- oh, yeah, go I ahead. can have my, I can have my cake and eat it too. I could probably, I might with this team that I've built, I could probably win on the college side and the NFL side. But now if I take Kamara, like I'm like go from like you're probably winning to like you're you're winning. 
Yeah, so if we're looking at the trade in a vacuum, right, not considering team makeups at all, like the value is definitely on the Kamara side. Kamara is a, a running back run a running back one right now in the NFL. He has one of the highest ceilings with his uh with his receiving usage right now. And the college guys going back on the other side are probably just that. They're probably just college guys. Thrashes Thrashes very productive wide receiver. He's probably in his last year. Cam Ward, very productive quarterback, probably has two years left. Um, but there's no like big term Debbie hopes for them. So in a value wise in a vacuum, it's Kamara. What I think is interesting here is the the fact that you'd be helping out basically the first place team by giving away a couple of your starting players on your college side. Um, so that's where I think the discussion kind of hits its most interesting point, right? Like how much does that matter? And so I think the first thing to isolate, right, is if looking at your team in this situation, you lose Cam Ward, who's a starter, uh, in a three quarterback week, which is usually pretty hard to, to, to fill quarterbacks off the waiver wire. However, you have a number of quarterbacks on your bench that are extremely startable. You've got Jalen Milrow, Thomas Castellanos, Byron Brown, Carson Beck, Daquan Finn. Like all those guys, you can plug them in based on matchups and they'll match what Cam Ward is doing for you. And they will in the future as well. These guys aren't all seniors. These guys are young quarterbacks. So for me, losing Cam Ward is a nothing burger. Um, and it's not even that much of an upgrade for your opponent as well. Like Cam Ward is very good, but it's, it's finicky. And as you kind of mentioned, like there's so much variance with matchups or so much variance in college football, just with the way things go. So like one player is not going to provide a world beating upside. Uh, same thing with Thrash. Like, you have a bunch of good flex options that could replace him on the bench. Like, Thrash is averaging in this league 19.8 points. You have a couple guys on your bench who are averaging 18 to 20 points as well. Quinn Allen's on there. Sam Wigless hasn't been that good this year, but he, he has done it in the past. There are a couple other names on there. So, again, losing Jamari Thrash is not destroying your team. Yeah, you've got Evan Stewart's on the bench. Matthew Golden's on the bench. So, it's, it's, it's not a killer to lose him. Um, so again, you're basic. You're not really getting worse, is my point. Like you're losing depth, but you have a ton of depth, and so you're not really getting worse. I don't think this moves you any further out of the the competing side on the college side. And so then, in a situation like that, like I think you have to look at it in a vacuum, and you you look at the value that's that's being gained by gaining Kamara in the trade over these two college only guys, and I think. As you said, I think it's I think it's a no brainer for me personally. All right, all right. I mean, that's all I need. I need the the Nelly uh, stamp of approval. It's uh, you know, it's just kind of that. Uh, now, if I you know, it's that fear of like you know always making that wrong move. But the other thing is like, you know, it's not the wrong move in a vacuum. It's just like, hey, how often are you actually competing on? both sides and being this close and just saying, you know what? I'm close, but I'm going to just help out my competitor that I'm could probably be uh, in and go on the NFL side and well, pretty much like secure it, I guess. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing, like if this trade was, or if your roster construction was a little different and you're giving away 
guys that were like not easily replaceable off of your bench and you were like for minimal gains on the NFL side, you were drastically hurting your chances on the college side. I think that'd be a different story because again, like I, I'm, I'm a strong proponent or strong uh, struggling in favor of always trying to compete on both sides. Um, but here, I just don't think it's hurting you much on the college side and it's helping you more on the NFL side than it's hurting you on the college side. And something that hasn't been mentioned so mentioned to this point is um, the, the prize pool is bigger on the NFL side than the college side. So that should matter when weighting the, the loss and the gain to each side. Yes. Yep. It's like, but also it's one of those things. I didn't even think really think about that until like the very end. It's like, Hey, I just want to win on both sides. But then, your ROI is like, well, hey, I could secure the bag where the most money is. Why not do that? You know, sometimes people forget in trading, like the whole fantasy football is fun. We are playing for money. If you can get more money, like that's that's what you want to do, right? I mean, sometimes people lose lose that in trading and making decisions and depending on how big your leagues are some people are fearful of making trades because of how big purses are or buy-ins are depending on what you know what type of leagues you're in 100 percent. and i mean that kind of that that really serves the point that i i try and push of like competing on both sides is almost always worth it because if you're just giving up on one side you're forfeiting that money you know what I mean? Yep. Like, if you have a chance to compete, you shouldn't give that up. Um, but yeah. Um, uh, so I wanted to make I wanted to make this a more macro point, um, and I think th- the point that I I want to kind of touch on here is like individual players are not that impactful. Um, like, think about like your past championship rosters. Like your 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 final lineup in the championship game, you have players that are scoring, that are laying eggs, that have bad games. It's about putting together a lineup that, as a whole, has a high ceiling on a week to week basis, and having some players hitting that ceiling. Because some players won't hit that that ceiling. Some players will hit the floor, right? And so, like the individual players don't matter that much. It's just the the collective. Uh, the collective group that matters more. And so when you lose a guy like Cam Ward, right? It's not, you're not, you're not losing Cam Ward. You're losing whatever Cam Ward is minus your next player in terms of that, that points per game or the expected points in the championship matchup. Uh, It's, you have to think about the replacement value players that will plug into your lineups afterwards um, because that's really what makes that's really what is like the changes to your team. It's, it's not, um, it's not truly losing the player. It's the change to the players on the bench. And because, because the college side of these leagues have the college sides of these leagues are so deep, there's pretty often pretty, there's pretty often, um, some pretty high value depth on the bench. Um, and I mean, this, I mean, these teams are, these teams are stacked. So this is like 
also just like a a bravo to like the, I think this should be the ultimate goal. Not enough people try and build on both sides. Um, people people phone it in on the NFL side or the college side, and ultimately, I think a true champion of a C2C league is someone who is able to win on both sides in the year and do it dominantly, ideally. So I, I've got a question. I, I've been something that I've been toying around. I haven't really dug deep into it. Um, but so in this league, it is start three quarterbacks, full point PPR. And I've noticed, you know, if you can get one of your league mates top wide receiver option, that wide receiver sometimes scores just as many, if not more points than the quarterback. And then you've got a wide receiver that pretty much nullifies a quarterback spot. And quarterback is typically one of those spots that is getting you the most points on your college team. Well, if you can negate his quarterback with one of your wide receivers and then you just have your quarterbacks do their thing, you kind of get that leg up. Is that's that is something that I'm kind of just tooling around with and looking at. I haven't really I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm trying to like go back and look at other teams that I've had in the past and that's kind of what I've gathered so far. And it, maybe it's just pure luck. I, I I don't know, but I was kind of curious. You know, not talking particular players, but is that something that maybe thinking back into this league or like leagues that you're in this year, Nelly? Do you think that might have something behind it? Oh yeah, that's definitely legit. It's I mean, I've I've seen some people kind of toy around <laughs> with that theory on the NFL side as well. I think it's even more drastic on the college side. Um, because there's wider skill gaps, so they're able to feed the ball more to the best players. Um, it's really a matter of – this is kind of lineup strategy, which is fun. It's a matter of almost nullifying. Like you're – when you do that, you're limiting variance, right? Because if their quarterback has a good game, your wide receiver has a good game. If their quarterback has a bad game, your wide receiver probably has a bad game. So you're almost eliminating a piece of the puzzle because you're nullifying one piece of the, the lineup um, from either side. So if you think all my players other than that wide receiver, that's a, a, a strong lineup compared to what they have compared to that one quarterback, then that's something that would be potentially a good thing because you're, you're nullifying – like you're creating less matchup variance in that situation. On the other hand – if you think as a whole your lineup is weaker, then you don't want to be correlated with your opponent um, in situations like that because you're lessening your your variance compared to them. So uh, it's one like of those things. It's like it also in practice or in in concept is a great idea. In practice, it requires a ton of activity, right? Because you you have to be active in acquiring those those um like complementary pieces the the wide receiver to the opponent's quarterback um so that requires a willing trade partner and it requires giving up value on your side yeah because i'm thinking like you know you get you know roma dunze and you're going up against michael Penix. 
well, I, okay, well, I just nullified like a top quarterback. And, you know, yeah, you let those other pieces, you know, do the rest of the work, assuming you have a strong bench. So, yeah, I, I figured I'd bring that up uh, just out of curiosity because it's one of those things that I've just tooled around with but never, like, actually really dug into it. Um, no, it's a good question. It's a It's a fun topic. I think lineup strategy is something that, like, I don't know if I'm – I would say I'm not the biggest expert on. Um, but, like, there is a lot of game theory that can be involved in terms of trying to match up and correlate to uh, your opponent's lineup. Um, but, again, it's, like, one of those things that requires a lot more activity, right? Like, making those acquisitions or making those roster moves. Um so it's that's not necessarily that's not my strong suit. <laughs> so that's that's okay. something that I, I I haven't dove into a lot, but it is interesting, and I think the correlation uh, definitely is is a is a legit thing that can that can be utilized. It's almost like there's part of me that would almost rather like utilize that system than you know the very very popular thing on the. NFL side is stacking. Oh, like oh, you can get Joe Burrow, you know, the, I guess Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, like that's probably the extreme type thing, but you know, Tua and Jalen Waddle, you know, something like that where you can, or like last year, if you had Tyler Lockett and Geno Smith, like that was a, probably a pretty good stack. Uh, and then not doing a stack on the college side because that almost, doubles your variance of like, Hey, you're either, it's almost like best ball. It's like, Hey, this is either going to be really good or real bad. So, I, you know, Hey, let's limit that. And yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. I think stacking is probably a bit overrated in lineup leagues. I think it's kind of, it's incredibly important. I would say vital to winning like, um, like best ball leagues with the big player pools or with the big, like, user pools the the tournaments in yeah, lineup yeah. leagues it just increases variance i think ultimately the best thing that you can do is just literally pay play your best players um but I, if you need to increase your variance on the college side that would be a way to do it um or vice versa if you want to decrease your variance on the college side because your your college team is so strong then that would be something that you would avoid All right. Well, hey, I, I appreciate the uh, the help. And hey, you got some content out of it as well. Like, let's make this into a podcast. It's it's a two for one. Yeah, no, this is perfect. I appreciate you reaching out. I appreciate you hopping on uh, hopping on with me tonight and talking through this. Uh, do you have you have anything you want to plug, Luke? Oh, uh, so uh, Justice and I do the G5 Hive where we just talk G5 football. Uh, talk about the the week that was news and notes you know um what's coming up we we kind of talk about the waiver wire here at the end of the year we're kind of um not a lot of guys that you're going to be picking up going into the playoffs but you know we'll talk about some of them but we're mainly talking about just players in general but we saw kind of a a need for just g5 football and it's kind of nice um 
have a project that we're working on to get going in the summer, uh, hopefully. So that'll be, it's something fun and something exciting that I, assuming everything falls in line, it will be a very, very cool uh, project. And I also do a podcast for this fantasy football league. It's our home fantasy football league. I went to high school or college with all these guys. Um, and so I know each and every one of them, everybody knows everybody. And we, every week we just pretty much do a podcast making fun of each other, uh, bad trades. Um, we do recap our, our league and how everybody else uh, sucks and we're really good. Um, I do, I have two other co-hosts and then uh, that really gets the chat livened up. Like this year, I think we're at like 66 trades this year. Um, it's only 10 teams, but like everybody has fun with it. Um, and like I said, it's just been a blast and the podcast has really got people more involved. We have some people that do power rankings uh, for the college and NFL and then that gets people revved up and, and the chat going. And in the summer, we, we bring on each manager to talk about, Hey, you know, what, what went well, what didn't go well, what are you changing? What are you working on? If I need to trade with you, like, what are you looking for? Cause that's, that's the hardest part when this league started uh, three years ago is trading. And it's like, I don't really even know how to start a trade with you, Nelly. Like, I'm just going to throw spaghetti at a wall. And some people are like, no, like, don't do that. I want, we all know each other. I want you to text me. And some people are like, I don't have time for that. Like, you know, so it's just the different personalities that go into it and knowing who they are and how, if I want to get a trade done, here's how I need to get a trade done with Nelly. Here's how I need to get a trade done with so-and-so. And so that's, that's fun. So those are my, my two plugs. Uh, also in the, in the off season, I, I do, a uh, Substack, um, it's tips, trends, tips, and tricks uh, at substack.com, I believe, or one of those three. It's a triple triple threat. So, yeah, definitely go check those out. I did a did a blind ranking of the college teams in that in that league that Luke was talking about. It was a good time. Uh, so definitely go check those out. But anyway, thank you for listening. Um, as always. Hit me up with any questions, any sort of feedback, any sort of uh, future topics that you would want talked about. Um, always open and receptive to that. Um, but, yeah. All right. Thanks again, Luke. Have a good evening, everyone. Thanks, guys.